He learned to pitch in your backyard. Now his team's coming over to celebrate their high school championship. So you need to patch those bare spots fast. Pennington One Step Complete has a revolutionary formula that repairs bare spots in only two weeks or less. Pennington's been trusted since 1945, and now it works even faster. One Step Complete from Pennington. Honest Green. Get your lawn ready for any occasion. One Step Complete is available at the Home Depot. a brand new episode of the Musafir Stories, India's very own travel podcast, where each week we share the journey of travellers in their own words and relive their experiences with you, our listeners. Hi guys, welcome to a brand new conversation on the Musafir Stories. I'm your host Saif with my co-host Pfizer and before kicking off the episode, a couple of quick announcements. A very hearty congratulations to Somdeep Kundu from West Bengal on being the lucky winner of our contest from last episode. Thank you for your lovely email and sharing some wonderful snippets about life in your town of Adra in Purulia district, West Bengal. Your copy of the book, The Autograph Seeker by Tony Francis, should arrive in your mail very soon. We'll reach out to you with more details. Also, a quick shout out to Arjun Narayanan and Siddharth Saxena for writing in to us. We appreciate your love and support, guys. As for today's episode, we talk to Vishwas Raj, founder of the travel company Adventures in Bath. Adventures in Bath offers a multitude of adventures across the Himalayas, be it hiking, cycling, whitewater rafting, or fun family trips. Let's hop on to the episode and find out more. Hello Vishwas, a really gloomy and a rainy evening here in Bangalore. Where are you? <laughs> How are you Vishwas and uh, tell us hi, where you are uh, reporting from. <laughs> yeah, hi Faza, hi uh, Saif, I should say Julie actually because I am reporting <laughs> from Leh. Uh, I am so happy that uh, <laughs> Wi-Fi is working in Leh after like, you know, two years of uh, bad Wi-Fi. <laughs> so... Uh, it's almost towards the end of the season, you know, the tourists are thinning and uh, I'm excited to be on, on your platform and I almost feel like a little celebrity. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but uh, yeah, uh, before you make our uh, listeners more curious, uh, tell us what you're uh, up to in Leh. Well, uh, I run a travel company. It's called Adventure Sinbad uh-huh. and um, I've been in the in the adventure travel field for a long time. It's almost 11 years now. Mm-hmm. I started off as a uh, as a novice in 2008. You know, I I am from Bangalore and uh, I followed the crowd. <laughs> I did my engineering, <laughs> got campus placed, uh, got a regular corporate job. I thought the world had arrived. Uh-huh. I I happened to work for about two and a half years uh, with an IT company, a pretty popular one. Okay. And I decided that. Uh, it's not happening, you know. I mean, uh, I was getting more comfortable, you know. You know, you you start earning more pretty fast. Uh, <laughs> then I realized that uh, if I get too comfortable, then it'll be very difficult getting out. So that's when I call it quits, and uh, I had to, you know, deep dive into what I really loved as a kid uh-huh. and growing up. And then I realized that uh, I had, you know, my passion lay with uh, with adventure, with, with the mountains, mm. and uh, I came up north. So that's how I started and then 
and after about 9 years in the field then i decided that okay i think i know enough and uh, this is a good time to start out something of my own so tell us yeah tell us a little bit yeah. more about um, adventures in bad right uh, in terms of um, say how you differentiate yourself from uh, there's a number of other tour operators also right in the region that focuses on this adventure climbing etc uh, how does adventures in bad uh, differentiate itself from uh, those competitors yeah yeah for a, for a customer it's very difficult to find out where you know which operator to go with exactly uh, the first differentiation is you know uh, we have we come with a lot of i myself come with a lot of experience sure and our team the team with, the, with, with which we work they have a they have immense experience they they have more experience than me actually i actually sign up people get people on board because most of them are people i've worked with for many many years mm-hmm. if there is somebody coming on board i make sure that he knows something more than me mm. uh, you know and that is one one thing and uh, so there is a lot of experience and we have seen a lot of a lot of other regions in the himalaya uh, we assess risk better because we have seen a lot of shit happening you know and we know that uh, if we don't go with necessary precautions yep it could lead to damage exactly uh, so we we are different uh, because we have a very experienced team mm-hmm. and safety is our number one priority right uh, so talking of safety we have to reduce the group sizes also sure so we never ever take more than 12 people in the mountain you know our group sizes are restricted to only 12 mm-hmm. and if we have more we'll have to split them into two groups okay. two groups with separate separate crews you know separate you know trip leader a kitchen team tents you know only for camping groups where we are camping at one place and do, doing day hikes is when we accept bigger groups that's when families come in with kids and all that mm. uh, multiple families that's when we have a group big group size mm. otherwise if it's a trek uh, it's always restricted to 12 okay. it becomes uh, one thing is uh, it becomes easier for us to manage because the safety is a big concern mm-hmm. and one important aspect in terms of the guests is their experience is so much richer mm-hmm. so that is that that is one more way we are different and one last thing is the company is a reflection of my own personality <laughs> Uh-huh. and i have a insatiable wanderlust and i'm always looking out for these exotic places uh-huh. in different nooks of the himalaya to explore right so slowly i want i wish to you know put up these itineraries as we go ahead you know mm. theme based trips mm-hmm. uh, not just trekking uh, we will be slowly branching off into other other kinds of trips so this our maiden trip i think that we'll be talking about was the Changtang photography trip, uh, yeah. which has been a pet project for a long time. Exactly. So yeah, I just want to use that uh, segue also because I feel uh, the best way to uh, speak for what you do is by uh, sharing one of your trips, right? One of your experiences with a group. And uh, uh, for me, uh, Changtang was um, really special too because it's um, tied to the Pashmina shawls. So yeah, we can speak more about that. But just lay it out for us a little bit in terms of. Uh, geographically where it is located also and uh, the speciality of uh, changtang too um yes 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 so so changtang is a um, is like a region in the himalaya mm-hmm. uh, which extends uh, which is part of ladakh it is a very high plateau mm-hmm. you know at with an average altitude of about 4500 meters and it's it's like a vast plateau which extends into tibet and it has beautiful lakes uh, cobalt turquoise lakes Yep. um uh, some amazing mountains and some bewitching scenery and the home of mm-hmm. the nomads you know the, this is these are the lands where the nomads roam 
Right, these are uh, the, the Changpas, right? Exactly, yeah, 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 yeah. So anybody from Changtang would be called a Changpa. Okay. And uh, from the Changpas, there is a there is a community who rear the Pashmina sheep. Mm. Okay. So so this is where Pashmina comes from. The, the you know the prize cashmere, uh, right. from where uh, you get the best of uh, shawls. Yeah. Uh, Kashmir is where the best artisans come from. Yeah. But the raw material comes from this area. Yeah, I see. Uh, Faisal's uh, eyes light up when you <laughs> say Pashmina. Uh, but yeah, go on. I'm, I'm sorry to interject. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it is, it is the same as all over the world. But uh, I was always intrigued by, you know, because we had a, I used to work with a person who was a nomad. Hmm. You know, he used to go around with his, what about, 500 to 800 uh, goats and sheep. Um, in the in the Changtang area, and he left that to to pursue a career in in adventure, mm-hmm. you know. And from that time, you know, when when he used to recall how what it is like to go down in in these uh, vast lands, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it was like a dream. I used to, you know, it was like a television going on in my mind, like a video. <laughs> and from those days, I've always been keen on you know going to these uh, places because first of all, most of these places were restricted. They lie in the inline, the very close. To the Chinese border. True. Okay. So for a for a long time, it was not even open to Indians. Okay. Only about three four years ago, did Home Ministry open the some of the regions mm-hmm. where Indians could travel, and from then on, it's become very famous. That's when uh, you know all this idea of setting up a trip uh, did arise. Okay. And even now, uh, some parts are restricted to foreigners. Only Indians can go can go in. Okay. And of course, there are some parts which are very close to the border and very exotic in in terms of locations and uh, and the kind of communities that uh, gather there. But even Indians can't go. Okay. Uh, forget Indians; even the local Ladakhis can't go. Just uh, it is open to the uh, nomadic uh, community. Okay. Uh, yeah, they are generally referred to as Rebo because uh, Rebo means the yakul okay. uh, that they use yakul tents. You know. So uh, so normally these guys uh, make these huge tents of yakul. And they were they refer they are referred to as rebo, you know. But now slowly these yakul tents are phasing out because they're very heavy mm. and very difficult to make and and transport. Okay. And now the animal husbandry department have given them you know uh, easy tents, mm-hmm. which are smaller, white color and uh, the army color. Uh, okay. They use that, okay. but some of them still uh, use the rebo tents. It's uh, this is very interesting. Yeah. And Vishwas, so, uh, in terms of a person who's going there, do we need an uh, extra permit or any such document? Yes, yes, yes. Even yeah, for everybody going there except the Ladakhis, mm-hmm. uh, you require the places that we visit, which is part of our itinerary. We need a inner line permit mm-hmm. or a restricted area permit for foreigners. Okay. So that can be done from the district administration here, the DC's office in Leh, mm-hmm. and it takes just a day. All this uh, is taken care of by Adventure Sindbad. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. Yeah. So, so how's the trip now? You've um, kind of give us, given us a good context about um, Changtang and the nomadic Changpa uh, <laughs> tribes there, as well as the very prominent uh, Pashmina wool that comes out of there, right? Um, in terms of uh, planning a trip to Changtang, say, uh, what kind of preparation goes in and uh, how is the, how's the trip usually? How long is it for? See, we started preparing like one year before. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> And 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 more before that, we were reading up about Changtang. You know, some some parts are still not open. Mm. So the beauty of Changtang is uh, it is very hot in the summers mm-hmm. and can get very uh, and pretty windy in 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 the mornings and evenings when the sun goes down. Mm. And uh, the, in the winters, it is even more extreme. We have still not gone in the winters. That's that's a plan that is 
on the cards for the future mm-hmm. mostly this winter yeah. but um, so our recce started about you know uh, one year ago mm-hmm. so the thing with nomads is they keep moving right. and they and there are different uh, nomads in different parts of changtang so uh, the pangong lake somariri lake and a lot of area in between mm-hmm. they're all changtang and uh, and they're restricted they move around in one area you know mm-hmm. so there are like uh, about four five circles of nomads they move in one area and you'll have to know exactly where they are at which point of the year okay so finding this out was quite a challenge because a lot of people don't know yeah. where they are yeah. unless you're a nomad yourself you know exactly so, and this is not something that your uh, guide books will give you as well right you need somebody exactly, experienced exactly yes 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 even the, even my friend who was a nomad yeah. wouldn't know the 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 patterns of uh, nomad from karnak you know which is a different area okay. um uh, i know so he he nomad from the nyoma side mm-hmm. uh, so he knew their pattern but even then because he had not done the whole year with them uh, recently so he didn't know so we we had to know which areas were good for guests to take mm-hmm. and uh, and where will they be at this point of time you know right. and uh, are there anything special so that was a challenge you know so we did we started doing a recce like one year ago september of last year and then we went went around in a maruti car everywhere uh <laughs> van uh, and cross high passes then so it was fun it was fun doing that but then we got to know the moving patterns of a few nomads in uh, especially the nyoma side okay. and uh, some other some other places um, because they have they are there it's an exotic community and the way they live is is very spartan mm. they have uh, nothing much except their uh, goats and sheep and a lot of milk products okay. you know so and there is no connectivity at all mm. and they keep moving and uh, depending on the the pastures they decide that okay the pasture is getting low here now it is time to move so it normally happens around the same time okay so uh, that's how we chop the itinerary and then uh, this time uh, we were very happy that you know it came to life mm-hmm. uh, august was the uh, you know we ran the trip actually Awesome, awesome. So, uh, yeah, some interesting insights there as well in terms of uh, what goes into the planning. Um, now, in terms of uh, starting out the journey, right? Um, oh, just, Vishwas? Uh, before that, Vishwas, I have one question to ask. Um, yes, yes. A lot of time we've heard stories about certain nomads or tribes not being that welcoming to people who come there uh, and want to understand or talk to them. Uh, how about the Changpas? Uh, well, it is. It is true. um uh, that is also part of the recce because you know we 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 like to touch base first mm-hmm. and make a warm connector before we get guests yeah. so we at least know a few nomads who will be welcoming to us okay. um and normally uh, what we have seen is you know they become they are not welcome when there are so many tourists coming in you know yeah. when a place becomes very commercial very touristy right. so we wanted to strictly avoid those places yeah. and uh, that's what we did and uh, we were actually very uh, surprised by how welcoming uh, the nomads were at some points mm-hmm. and it's, it's, uh, and it's a fine line right it's a fine line between um, being intrusive versus um, being friendly and trying to understand their culture so i think that's exactly. also a very important aspect of uh, making sure like for the uh, overall experience both for them and for your guests to be like ideal it's very important that that's taken care of as well Yes, 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 yes. Because this, uh, because it was a photography trip. Our main uh, objective mm. was to document their lives. Right, right. Because it is fast changing. Because the kids don't want to do this, you know. 
to roam around with uh, sheep and goat where there is no wifi right, you know right. because the kids come from a different age you know so slowly we see a shift in this this whole uh, trade mm. and you know uh, this whole way of life and i think uh, the next generation will be very different you know i actually think this is like the last generation which will be witnessing this in the, in the, in the little true form that it, it still exists mm. um like going forward i think things will change okay. and things will become more modern or scientific or you know there will be a technology coming into the whole system people will be concentrating on how do we produce more bashpina mm. than just the beauty of of the nomad community you know yeah so we had also <laughs> sensitize people about uh, yeah. like you said about not being intrusive you know yep. So we had to become friends first and then uh, request them that can we shoot yeah and then some some people said yes some people said no mm-hmm. but most did agree towards the end okay interesting awesome so in terms of um, as i was asking right in terms of um, setting out you guys are obviously based in uh, leh right that's where you start yes. off your uh, groups uh, your trips from yeah yeah uh, because most of the changtang is you know at 4500 meters you know you need yep. uh, adequate acclimatization so we we put in at least 3 days mm-hmm. of uh, acclimatizing in lay in which we go to a different high points okay. and we cover basic highlights here and you know some other nooks especially in the old lay town mm-hmm. and after that we we head out towards uh, changtang okay yeah so our first location was just next to a very beautiful lake we take them to somoriri first actually you know t- telling the truth it it is a, it is pretty touristy but then we are not camping in somoriri we are camping quite behind okay. uh, it's uh, the pool where the nomad said uh, there are some treks which end there mm. and it's a huge ground it's a massive ground mm-hmm. it's it's one of the biggest nomad community around you know mm-hmm. so easily around 40 50 tents spread out in the ground you know mm. you'll not be able to uh, count them so we camp a little close but a, a little away too uh, mm-hmm. from them mm. and then our whole day is you know evolved around and what they do okay so they are very early risers 4:30 5 in the morning you see smoke coming out of tent so you know somebody has got up somebody is making tea uh, salt tea or you know cooking for the day the first few nomads you know get off go off with the sheep you know as early as 7 Mm. so our whole day is you know to document how their normal day looks mm-hmm. so the starting um uh, like early morning till late evening you know we were just chasing the nomads mm. uh, in different parts mm-hmm. and, and uh, talking a little bit more about um the nomads right uh, draw out for us a little bit about their life as well vishwas like uh, what goes on yeah. in their day to day life because you're trying and documenting this as well right uh, so how yes. how is it um, when you say it's unique uh, what are the things that are involved and uh, uh, like how do they sustain themselves given these uh, extreme conditions that they live in and also i would like to know what got you interested in them <laughs> see i've always been drawn towards spartan lives you know uh-huh. uh, like how how can you live with so little yeah and yet so happy so that first actually drew me to the himalaya first mm-hmm. and then i realized this this community actually practices here yeah. but their richness is their land you know mm-hmm. the their home which is so beautiful actually when you start staying with them you realize uh, how much you take for granted yeah. uh, i mean how much of your you know luxuries that you take for granted you know you think that this is a necessity yeah. and how little they have but how happy they are you know and uh, they don't miss that these these nomads no mm-hmm. like when 
when we documented their daily lives, yep. we don't see them missing what they don't have because they don't know that they don't have that. I'll give you some snippets uh, mm-hmm. about what we uh, what we saw. Yep. Their only wealth is uh, pashmina, of course, which is read once a year sometime in June. Uh, and most of it is bought by the government and then it's uh, it's exported to places like Kashmir where the final product, product is done and the rest of their their thing is they subsist on milk and milk products okay. uh, it is the goat milk and then uh, they make cheese out of it they make uh, churpe which is called, uh, they make paneer they make lassi mm. and you know all kinds of milk products mm-hmm. and most of the day is involved in processing those milk products mm. So the normal day is like you have this tent, and they have these ferocious dogs okay. always uh, uh, guarding it, uh-huh. and they're all Tibetan mastiffs, you know, Bodhya uh-huh. dogs. They're, called, uh, they're almost tigers, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know the way they do. Yeah, it's uh, not your uh, usual plus, dogs that yeah, you yeah. go and pet around, right? <laughs> no, I no 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 not at all. They're very ferocious. Uh, the, you, maybe you can pet them in a different location. Yeah. But with the sheep near the rebo tent, they are very very ferocious. You can't even ha- approach them. Like no, you have to be very careful approaching them from hundred meters. Uh, in in Korzok, it's a different case because I think uh, people have been visiting. Mm-hmm. But in some of the locations, we had to be very careful. Uh. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were chairs in a vehicle when we were in a vehicle like 100 meters from a rebote. And, you know, like the, oh my God. Okay. we actually have this dog charging at us, you know, uh, like it's like a wolf. Yeah. And then the dust is going up, you know. So <laughs> it is very, very uh, dangerous. Mm. So we always had somebody, you know, we went in groups. And then uh, the first thing, of course, is milking. Once they get up, they start milking the goats. And that is a sight to watch because uh, some they have to separate the, the male and female, the milking ones. And uh, and they're always running, uh, you know, it's like it's almost a sport. And it's a lot of physical activity. And then they're all tied up, you know, neck to neck. It's like it's almost like a like a plate, you no, know, like a like girl's plate. Uh, that's how the the goats look when they're all tied up. And uh, there are two people milking from both sides, you know. And then as soon as the milking activity is over, they are released, and then that's when they start going in the mountains. So from each family, there are there are there is one person who takes a goat, and every family would have anything between hundred to maybe eight hundred. Yeah, mm. a lot of sheep also mixed, and everybody goes to different parts of the mountain. You know, so they have regions. So once they start going around eight, eight is when one when they start moving way into the mountains. So they are off for the whole day. Then the goats are off. Normally there is one shepherd uh, for each group. So all these are gone, and mostly the people. There's one person who stays back in the tent uh, to guard the tent, uh, and maybe uh, sometimes the dogs go with the with the sheep. And there'll be one one dog maybe around the tent. Okay. So those guys cook for the day, take care of the other, you know, what what to do with the milk, mm-hmm. you know, milking pot, right? And do the daily activities, you know, cleaning up and all that. Mm-hmm. And they cook for the persons who uh, who will come back sure. late in the evening. We followed the shepherds for a while okay. but they go very far off you know they they move very fast mm. and they go, they cover a vast distance in just a day so we were able to you know be with them for just a while just till the light is good and then we used to come back and rest mm. and uh, just follow the activity inside the tent mm-hmm. so the tent it's also is just a small space okay. and 
it's like you have the the kitchen the dining mm. the puja room and the the sleeping room everything put into one tent one area mm. but once you go inside it's all distinct you know you know you know exactly okay this is the puja place there's mm. always a place for puja you know and they're all buddhists so it is it is very uh, heartening to see that they always give the the biggest place for the, the altar there is a small kitchen uh, there are actually two kitchens one is with a gas cylinder mm-hmm. and one is with, where they can use uh, okay. the dry gobar to to heat the room and cook also mm. so always two stoves mostly they are they are in the in the middle of the tent and both sides of the tent is free space that's where they sleep and that's where you eat mm-hmm. and so that's it that is their home okay. and they seem to have everything in that yeah you know maybe a, a space of about 12 by 12 it is it is mostly in like a like a like the shape of a pyramid a pentagon maybe you know okay. and then yeah they have everything in that tent on an average how many people stay in this tent normally about three people so like like i said changpas is anybody who stays in changta mm-hmm. so like giving an example of my friend who is a nomad itself right so from his family there are some people who will stay in the regular uh, in the village mm. and there, there are only about like a couple who go with the sheep so mostly it'll be two with the kids it's it's mostly family wise you know mm-hmm. uh, so you have a couple you have your kids that's it that's your tent mm-hmm. and uh, when you have kids the parents move out okay. they have a separate tent, tent for themselves and they, they the kids if they're married they have a their tent for themselves okay. and between them they rear the sheep yeah but uh, yeah looks like they do take minimalism to the next level right in terms of um the way they're living and uh, it's heartening that they they are happy and uh, self sufficient in that way yes 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 although you know we we uh, associate pashmina with you know it's it's luxury. a luxury yeah. it's very high end mm-hmm. uh, the real pashmina goes up into lakhs actually yeah would easily cost about uh, a lakh uh, that would be the starting price of the best of pashmina mm-hmm. but imagine like uh, we would think somebody who rears it would be very wealthy wealthy in terms of in terms of the city folk you know how we measure wealth sure. uh, <laughs> but uh, they're wealthy in a different sense they have to lead these lives in these harsh conditions and always keep moving mm. you know yeah. otherwise the goat does not you know it's 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 a irony yeah. that uh, you know you will have to lead the tough life to produce the best product and and the and the fun part is they don't get to wear the pashmina right <laughs> they have sheep wool and yak wool that they use yeah and uh, and the finest pashmina is you know is what we wear yeah yeah no that is a bittersweet kind of a thing uh, but i was <clears throat> just saying that um, you need to in in order to rear these um, golden sheep you have to live in those uh, really arid uh, literally cold desert right uh, that changtang yes 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 it is uh, you when you are there you will know why it is called a cold desert yeah. <laughs> it is a desert in such because there's there's no green the only green you see is the grass otherwise it it is all brown yeah and uh, there are no trees at all we are much above the tree line so you know even even to go to the loo it's so it's such a it's a problem you know mm-hmm. when we are camping of course we have a loo tents yeah but the nomads you know, you'll have to use the curvature of the earth oh my god yourself <laughs> Yeah. Um, because there are hardly you know there are like every place we went had about uh, 20 to 30 families mm-hmm. and each family have maybe a maximum of 3 
to mm. four people mm. so you can imagine the population of that mm. and they stay there maximum for about 25 days to about two and a half months mm-hmm. depending how rich the grassland is right. and then they move right right and the goats will survive and produce the best pashmina only when they move yep. in these uh, very high altitude and sometimes uh, there are places where we camped which was at 5000 meters mm-hmm. 5000 meters would be the base camp of a climbing mountain mm. it's very high and you walk a few steps and you'll know why you know why you're panting <laughs> <laughs> yeah and these people will be running behind the goats and you know they're like superhuman <laughs> at that altitude and there are old people you know people who are like 65 70 80 years who will be completely at home at this place mm. and uh, you know laughing away at at how we are panting generally at you know at such altitudes so uh, it's funny it's funny wonderful and vishwas what about uh, the language you communicate with is would it be hindi yeah these people uh, they understand very little hindi uh-huh. you know because once you go away from the main uh, trekking areas a lot of them speak only ladakhi or tibetan you know and even their dialect is different you know the tangpa dialect is a little different from the like ladakhi mm-hmm. so i understand a little bit of ladakhi uh, i can get by transactional you know uh, mm-hmm. i can live <laughs> <laughs> we always always have locals with us and uh, we always uh, try and take somebody from the nomad community mm-hmm. and we have a very friend uh, namgyal who is from um, the nyoma side right who was our local guide that's how we communicated mm-hmm. but uh, apart from that the sign language is the best way to communicate yeah. and uh, <laughs> you know it it's all in the eyes right <laughs> and smile i think yeah and <laughs> somebody comes with good faith it is easy in the end uh, we get get by and some of them can speak broken hindi you know mm-hmm. they don't understand much we always we were keen to find somebody who knew a little bit of hindi so it was fine mm-hmm. we we were able to manage well mm-hmm. and we of course you no know, we we took a lot of vegetables and then uh, some sun sunglasses you know as you know right. as gifts i mean they need them of yeah. course right. and uh, it goes to building that goodwill also right yeah exactly exactly and over time you know as we uh, continue the project we would want to take Uh, without altering their lives too much yeah. you would want to take something which will add value to their lives uh, sure. going up you know uh, um, maybe a, a few gadgets mm. uh, maybe uh, solar maybe headlights mm. uh, sunshades uh, and the main thing is vegetables yeah they they don't have fresh vegetables at all right, right. so so they subsist on meat and some vegetables you know they they go once in a week or once in 15 days to get supplies so vegetables is a big thing for me and for even uh, for for a lot, lot of guests you know like when you go to somebody's house when you go back home you take sweets you take presents right. uh, you take vegetables <laughs> yeah. oh, so yeah uh, vishwas before i start um, kind of wrapping this up is there more about uh, your trip to the changtang area that you want to talk about so i would say that anybody who experiences this they should they should visit changtang but i say it with the Uh, with with that caution in my mind that oh my god let it not become so yeah. clouded with tourists that you know that it loses the essence mm-hmm. yeah, but it's a very special trip and uh, we would want to document the lives over time in different parts of ladakh in different seasons it and it is a great way to know how to live sure. you know mm-hmm. uh, how to learn minimalism and apart from that they they even the people make for great portraits because you can see so much experience in their in the faces and in the eyes you know the way they emote you know because they are always in harsh conditions and harsh surroundings they can't win everything you know mm. the end they have to bow down to nature sure and every day they live in harmony 
with with how the nature is just from them from their eyes you can make out that you know they they've seen so much more of the world than we would ever see in terms of uh, uh, harshness and extreme conditions yeah they're always warm eventually yeah but they they might start a little hostile because they they don't want and people encroaching or in, being intrusive yep but in the end you know they are they're very warm at heart and because of the sun they look so so much more older than they actually are mm-hmm. like some of them like look like 200 years old <laughs> <laughs> the lines on their faces no yeah. and and they're amazing people to just just watch and, and learn and uh, we thoroughly enjoyed our tour yeah. and uh, we look forward to more such uh, tours and uh, hosting people who are interested in their lives or just to visit such beautiful locales yeah brilliant and um, i really appreciate the fact that you were taking that extra step right to ensure that uh, you're not being too intrusive and um, it's it's a fine line i mean it is a very fine line and uh, you are working hard to maintain that so um, i really appreciate the fact that uh, you are taking the utmost care and that way also for me the the way you handle your trips that's been very different that's a big differentiator as well um but for uh, somebody looking for um trip and adventure and um somebody looking to uh view the kind of trips that adventures and bad does your team does mm-hmm. um how does one find out what's the best way to find out more we have a website we have a very good website uh, adventuresandbad.com okay. and uh, we are on facebook and instagram and uh, we have a pretty vibrant uh, uh, social media page also and we have the uh, necessary numbers and email addresses cool so, so you can make and, inquiries through your um, social media pages right yeah website emails and social media anything anything works okay and we always limit our group sizes and this tour actually will be mostly limiting to 8 okay. and not even go till 12 uh-huh. because suddenly you know a lot of people with such big cameras because most of the camera cameramen come with these huge uh, lenses mm-hmm. and uh, they could be you know even two two or three people inside a rebo tent Yeah. Uh, yeah cool tent would be a lot sure. so we plan to limit that size too um and keep it a little uh, exclusive yep. for people who really want to see and experience uh, something unique absolutely and um, that's why i uh, also have to call out the fact that uh, you took utmost care not to be calling out specific uh, places or locations and uh, just covering the changthang area uh, in general right uh, so so that way we're trying to avoid commercialization also it's it's um, not something that will bode very well with the nomadic tribes too so i appreciate that fact too and uh, i'd like to thank you vishwas uh, thanks a bunch for uh, taking time out and um, sharing this wonderful experience that you had in the Changtang region with the Changpas and uh, uh, the beautiful pashmina right that gives like a back story to uh, this luxury uh, fabric or luxury wool that um, a lot of us do uh, enjoy and love but um, we don't really even take the time out to think as to uh, what goes on behind uh, making of yeah. this wonderful wool right Thank you for sharing that story and it uh, almost felt like um, I wouldn't even say a different world it felt like uh, time travel right going back in time and uh, to a different planet even at times uh, given looking at some of the your pictures and the kind of arid landscape that the people live in so it's um, a complete different experience in that sense and uh, um, I would urge anybody looking at um, uh, I mean uh, such um, experiential travel more than anything right to check out adventuresandbad.com and 
uh, yeah, we have a wonderful leader in Vishwas who's uh, like leading by example, who's uh, <laughs> like walking. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, because that's what is missing in uh, uh, the the new operators that are coming up. Everybody wants to. Everybody's running out of the money. Like uh, to put it in uh, like simple terms, that's what everybody's doing. But uh, here things are taken care of in terms of what the experience is, as well as trying to maintain the fine line and the fine um, balance in the existing ecosystem there. Right. So, thank you so yes, much. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Thank you so much, Vishwas. <laughs> Sure, sure, sure. Thanks a lot, uh, Saif. I should say, you lay thugje che because I am late. <laughs> so it's been a pleasure uh, being hosted, and uh, I think this is a great initiative of uh, bringing uh, you know stories of travelers to life. Mm-hmm. And uh, like you said, it put it yourself. You know, although we are on the same planet, we all look like different planets when you when you actually go visit them. And um, someday I would like to invite you both of you to, you know, <laughs> <Yes>, to, <the, definitely. laughs> to see what goes behind the fine, uh, the, the richest wool, the fabric in the world. Uh, so it's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. Thanks a lot for this opportunity. Thank you, Julie. That was yet another great episode of the Vasafir Stories. If you guys like the show, please subscribe to us on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Audio Boom, Savan, Pocket Casts. Castbox, Stitcher, or any other podcasting app available on iOS or Android. Please do leave us a review on iTunes. It goes a long way in the show's discoverability. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. We go by the handle The Musafir Stories. Or if it suits you, you could email us at themusafirstories at gmail.com or visit our website at www.themusafirstories.com. For more information, all of these links will be made available in the show notes section of each episode. So here's to more traveling, sharing, and inspiring. Stay tuned for our next episode. Until then, happy travels and goodbye. At American University, we don't just hope for change; we create it. We don't just dream of a better world; we make it a reality. With a graduate degree from AU, you'll access expert faculty and connections throughout DC to develop skills and experience to turn your passion into purpose. And that purpose can make all the difference in your career. Discover the difference a degree makes at american.edu/gradschool.